May 24th, the Just Baseball show. We're about, what, a third of the way through the season? A quarter? No, I think it's closer to a quarter because we were just 20% about a week ago. I'd say we're around 25% right now. This is a very easy math problem here. The Yankees are 29 and 12. That means they've played 41 games. Yeah. That's the, that's the best record in baseball, right? Uh, 29 and 12 is the best record in baseball. Just Congratulations checking. for rubbing it in everybody's face. No, I was just checking. Oh, I was just checking. That was a great doubleheader on Sunday, by the way. Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, I know the, the Yankees lost both of those games, but so entertaining. And just, I mean, you can tell these two teams do not like each other. They don't like each other, which is great they for don't. us. It is it's an awesome content thing for the both of us. Because so. we we should should we take on the roles of our teams and start hating each other too? I, I like you too much though. Ah, that works for me. <laughs> um, I got a text. Uh, I got a text late night though yesterday. How sweet was that game? Hope you're rubbing it in Peter's face. Ha ha. And I like I'm, gave a little fist pump. I was like, you know what? I'll take this one because we're in the way more underwhelming division, uh, and I guarantee we've got more blips in the radar coming than the Yankees do. But you know what? I'll absolutely bask in the glory of that Sunday night baseball win. If I were you, I would just be basking in the glory that is Michael Kopech. Oh my God. That was okay. I have something for you. Was that not the most impressive start of the year? Sunday night or... baseball in Yankee Stadium against the best offense currently right now shoved it down their throats. Five no hit or four perfect innings. Yeah. Only a couple hits allowed. The first hit by Rob Brantley, of all people. Yeah. That was, from watching, one of the most impressive starts of the year. Maybe not statistically, but maybe statistically as well. No, like I'm thinking, like, obviously you go to Reed Detmers' no-hitter and you go to Tyler McGill starting that combined no-no, but McGill only went five. And yet Sunday night baseball against the best offense in baseball, and he shut him down. That's a really interesting way to frame it. And I wasn't thinking of it like that in the moment because Arm and I on yesterday's episode just talked about the progression of Michael Kopech and how he went from this guy that was a totally different pitcher four years ago when he made his major league debut to right now, because now he's 95 to 97 for the most part with his four seam fastball. And it's a high spin fastball and he's got that great breaking ball. He's just a different pitcher now. So we talked about the maturation and the development of Kopech. But we didn't talk about the overall like impressiveness of that outing. Yeah, I I don't think I've watched a more impressive outing, given the stakes and given the moment, than than Sunday night. I will say one thing. I mean, I have barely missed an inning of Yankee baseball. That was the best start I've seen against the Yankees. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, but also on that same note, I think that was basically Game Seven for Michael Kopech World Series that felt like the pinnacle at least of his season so far that he was humming 98 99 miles an hour 
I don't think he can realistically keep up that type of velocity all year long. Like again, in a day game against the Royals, I don't think he's throwing no. 98 to 99. I'm so I think you. that was the best version of Michael Kopech that we could possibly get. He could locate the breaking ball with ease, 98, 99 on the corners with thump. Yeah. It was one of the most impressive starts I've seen all year. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I don't think he's going to match that moment every fifth day. But I think when you put Michael Kopech on a stage like that, and you might not see a stage like that until the postseason, I think he's going to show up in the postseason. Like if he's one of those guys that just turns it on in the postseason, and we've seen many of those guys show up, I mean, I'm, I can totally sign up for that. I mean, Colby and I, my co-host on Not Gambling Advice, when we were talking fantasy baseball, we were just talking about it. And he just texts me, Kopech is a dude. Yeah. And I'm like, and that doesn't just come across, you know, when I, when I think of the word dude, I think of just a guy on the mound with incredible moxie, like you like to call just a, a man with a plan who's commanding on the mound. Michael Kopech had that Sandy Alcantara had that for the Marlins in his last start, just dudes who take the mound and control it. Like nobody's business. That's what Kopech did. And we only have a couple of those in major league baseball. Okay. Going to cross check with you because I listed four guys and Aram called me out on missing a fifth. He totally slipped my mind. There are five guys that I think this summer are just going to be walking quality starts. And I think just dudes this summer, I said, Sandy Alcantara, Walker Bueller, um, who else did I say? Joe Musgrove, Kevin Gosman, like and then so Aramatted Verlander. Yeah. Oh, who else yeah. are we missing that are just like going to be dudes all summer long? I think Garrett Cole is going to be a dude all summer long. I think be. Corbin Burns is going to be a dude all summer long. Yeah. I think Max Freed is going to be a dude all summer Ooh, long. You think so? Yeah, I think I love everything about that man. I think he is one of the best pitchers in baseball. I think your guy Shane McClanahan is going to be a dude. dude. I fucking love Shane McClanahan. Yeah, I feel the same way about Freed. I think he's one of the best left-handers in baseball, and then Shane McClanahan is really turning into that. But Freed has established himself now. Yeah, I I'm with you there. Um, I don't know if he's going to be that guy where like he's you know taking the mound and you know you can win a one nothing game that day. It just feels like you can. I think that with the, as Charlie Morton continues to age, Max Freed is taking a hold of that World Series team. He's the ace. I think he's going to be a dude in the summer. Okay, fair. Let's check in on that at the All-Star break. and Let's yes. see how Max Freed is faring. Um, but we're a quarter of the way through the season right now. What we're going to do is we're going to run through who we think are like the top three-ish guys, have some debate here. For the AL MVP, NL MVP, AL Cy Young, NL Cy Young. And it's hard right now. And, you know, you can look at guys like Taylor Ward, right? Oh, my God, he's got an OPS over 1,100. Is he, a, is he an MVP candidate? The answer right now is yes, but who's realistic? Like, we're going to have that type of conversation because you yes. have to mention a guy like Taylor Ward. You got to mention a guy like Miles Michaelis in the NL Cy Young. So we'll start with the MVPs. I'll bring some names in each league, and then we'll go to the Cy Youngs, and Peter will bring some names in each league. Cool? That sounds cool with me. Should we do American League? So you have some MVPs, I have the Cy Youngs, or should we do just MVPs and then Cy Youngs? We can, the world is our oyster. It is. Do we want to turn on our, our American League brain or our hitter's brain? Let's turn on our American League brain. Let's okay. cover the league. All right. So I'll do, I'll do MVP, then you do Cy Young. I like it. Um, I think I think the leader in the clubhouse needs to be Mike Trout at the moment. Like, Hard to say you're wrong. What, what this guy's doing is dumb. He's got 
and 1,100 OPS. In 1,100 OPS. And we're a quarter of the way through the season. Mike Trout, in 38 games, is hitting 323 with an 1133 OPS. He's slugging 699. That's criminal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's the best player in baseball. We know that. We know that. There's no debate now. I mean, he's got 12 bombs in 323. Mike Trout is the front runner right now, but I think you can make the argument that there's a different front runner, in my opinion. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge leads the league in home runs, is hitting near 320. And he's playing great defense. Yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, for, for a couple of years, because he came in and he was just that hulking guy and everybody watched the bat. I mean, he's, he's always been a pretty solid defender, and now he's a great defender. Great defender. They play him in center for a reason, because he can cover a lot of ground out there, and he has one of the most the best and most accurate arms. Because we know there's a lot of guys who can fire it in. Hunter Renfro comes to mind, just someone who's at a perfect game showcase, yeah, but he throwing 109 miles an hour from yeah. right field to home plate. But the accuracy combined with the velocity from Aaron Judge's arm keeps so many hitters at bay from going from first to second on a double in the at the Yankee Stadium. I mean, Jack, there have been countless times where double in the gap, Aaron Judge, they don't even run on him because they know he's mastered the delivery from right field to second base to nab the runner. Dude, he I mean, is and my preseason MVP pick. Yeah. Okay. Um here, here's the thing about Judge, which I find so fascinating. And he's one of three guys with an OPS over 1,000 among qualified hitters. Taylor Ward is not qualified. I think he's got an 1,100 OPS. Ward does. But it's Trout at 1133, Judge at 106.5, and Machado at 106.5 as well. But defensively, again, like, you know, when, when I think range in the outfield and an accurate throwing arm and you show me a picture of Aaron Judge, I'm saying now, like, that's not what that guy's supposed to look like. You know, he's supposed to be a scrappy six foot, maybe like 200 pounds on his best day type of center fielder. But it, it looks like Rob Gronkowski and he's got a BB and it's an accurate BB, which is just bizarre. I personally, so far this season, think that Aaron Judge has been the best overall player in the entire sport. It's hard not to say Trout, dude. It's hard. Yeah, Trout's been pretty good. Can't lie. Trout has been very good. So good. Trout might be better. But I think it's them too. Over Machado, like we're going to get into the Machado conversation, but you think Judge is having a better either than Machado? I just don't think so. We could crunch the numbers. The power out of really good baseball players this year. Yeah, I mean, Machado's got more hits. It's so close. Maybe you could give it to Machado, but it's those three. I mean, and with Judge's defense, but Machado's playing incredible defense. We're going to talk about the NL MVP, so let's stick with the AL. Yeah, 100%. My, my third guy, um, and like Taylor Ward is probably the third guy, but if I just had to stick to guys that have played enough, I think it's Rafi Devers, who is playing mm. decent enough defense to the point where he's one of the best players by F4 in all of Major League Baseball. And I mean, in 41 games, the guy's hitting 335 with a 960 OPS, 15 doubles, nine homers in 41 games. Devers is like, and the, and the Red Sox are getting hot. Bogarts has been awesome. JD has been awesome. I think Devers has been the best of the bunch. I think so too. Devers is becoming. See, it's so hard with third base rankings because I'm like, oh, Devers is the, definitely the second best third baseman in baseball. But then I'm like, well, he's not better than Jose Ramirez and he's probably not better than Machado right now. 
or so Arenado. It's so hard or or Arenado. But the thing is, I think I would rather have Devers than Arenado. Would because <sighs> the great thing is Devers is improving on defense. He looks better over there. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me of where he ranks in terms of outs above average, but from the eye test, I mean, I'm watching plenty of these Red Sox games. He looks better. He does. His range looks better. His arm looks a little bit more accurate. I mean, you're probably pulling it up, seeing where he ranks right now to see if yeah. my eye test matches the numbers. I think I might chuckle every time you say eye test. Um, 37th percentile. I watch a lot of baseball. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know I'm, you do. I'm, um, I'm just... I, I test is a tough caveat to throw on things. I feel like when you say I test, people are like, oh, God, don't say I know. That. It's just it's like I can't say what I'm looking at anymore. It has to be backed by numbers or it's just not true. I think he looks better defensively than he did last year. 37th percentile and outs above average. Let me pull that up among third baseman. Position, all, position, 3B, update. Uh, Jace Peterson's the best by outs above average. That's pretty awesome. Is he, you think? Uh, I don't know. Arenado's yeah. third. I kind of think Arenado and Machado are, are right there. Matt Chapman, too. too. Let's see. Devers. Devers, Devers, Devers. Where are you, Rafi? Devers. Um, He's 15th, right ahead of Yandy Diaz, Ryan McMahon, Mac, or not Max Muncy. Why is Max Muncy on here? Bobby Witt Jr. Okay. So he's like been average. He's got zero outs above average. That's way better than way below average that he was last year. <laughs> like Austin Riley? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Austin Riley can't field. Um, no, 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 no. Don't say that. Austin Riley can certainly field. He led the position in defensive runs saved last year. He's minus seven outs above average right now. That's he's far and away the worst <laughs> defensive third baseman in baseball at the moment. He looks good to me. I test. <laughs> I test. I test. I don't know Austin why they can't Riley. matter anymore. Why does it not gold matter anymore? Austin Riley, I, I test. <laughs> why does it not matter anymore what I see with my eyes? Is that just not correct anymore? No, it's correct. We just have to like contextualize it. We just have to back it up with the data, right? And usually what we see is backed up by data effectively. So we're hanging on that front. Um, let's transition to the mound. Walk me through AL Cy Young winner. So the top three that we listed out were, were Trout, um, were uh, Judge and we're Devers. And I think we agree that it's probably Trout right now, but Judge is a very close second. And then there's a, a massive distance between Judge and like Taylor Ward and Rafi Devers. Yeah, you could put Taylor Ward in the conversation, but we're just saying over the year who we probably, and that's why I got to move into the AL Cy Young because there's a couple different ways we could go about it. I'm going to give the Cy Young to Justin Verlander right now. Yes. If we're talking about a production stat, we have to look a little bit closer at ERA than some of the peripheral stats, even though, you know, I love the peripheral stats, but at the end of the day, Justin Verlander leads all of baseball in ERA at 1.22. He's not striking out as many batters as I might've hoped only 8.54 per nine innings, but he's still striking out plenty to be good. And he's not walking anybody either. That's that's where the command is, and he's one of the tops in F war, and he's six and one in eight starts. Yeah. So every single time he's on the mound, the Astros are most likely winning that game. Yeah. My number two is still Kevin Gosman, although his ERA has raised to two five two. He has one of the lowest FIPS in baseball. Actually, I think if we go and we look exactly at FIP and we and we find out who's the lowest, it is. Kevin Gosman. And I, I'm, I'm just loading that up right now. But then the thing is with Kevin Gosman is that the FIP is at 1.26 and it is the best in baseball, but he's got a 2.52 ERA. And then I think we wrap it all around with Nestor Cortez Jr. 
We've got an ERA at 1.80. He's striking out over 11 guys per nine innings. The peripherals look amazing too. That's who I picked for the third, but you could go so many different directions. You could go with Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays, who's been phenomenal. You could go with Martin Perez of the Rangers. You could also go with Michael Kopech and his 1.29 ERA. You could go a lot of different directions, but those were the three that I came to. Verlander, Verlander, Nestor, and who's my third? Gosman. Yeah, Gosman, 57 punch-outs, three walks at the moment. That, that's, that's hard awesome. to contend with. Yeah, Nestor, like you said, Nestor, and I initially shuddered, but then I'm like, yeah, Nestor's deserving to be top three, but Manoa is deserving. Um, yeah. You know, Kopech is like borderline deserving. A guy that you didn't mention is McClanahan, and McClanahan is among the tops in Major League Baseball and strikeouts right now. Yeah. I, I, it's he could be in there very, too. It's such a deep field in the American Crazy. League crazy it's not super top heavy you know it's not just the garrett cole at the top like we might have expected it's everybody else it's everybody else um yeah i mean like i'm just walking through each division and it's like this is anybody's award to win right now and a lot of the best arms are in the american league right now that's not something that we saw without the universal dh and i added nestor cortez jr for a reason I think he can continue this. The peripherals look great. He's got a ton of movement on all of his pitches, and his command is impeccable. He's not going to blow you away with 95, but the high spin fastball, even at 89, 90 miles an hour, looks quicker, blown away, guys, at the top of the zone with it, and he breaks off the unhittable cutter. He's a really good pitcher. He's not this facade. He's not this, you know, fun guy with a mustache that's pitching really well right now. No, this is a legit pitcher, and I think he'll be there near the end of the year. I, I also love how he mixes arm slots. Like, I, I think that's the most fun thing to watch with him because, yeah, you can ooh and ah over stuff and over pitch movement all the time. But when you have like a Johnny Cueto light on the mound and you've got a guy who can go overhand to low three quarters to sidearm back to three quarters, that's fun. It always keeps you on your toes. And I'm sure it messes with pitchers. Like, that's something that happens in wiffle ball. That's something that we would do if we were playing wiffle ball with our buddies. And, and Nestor is doing that to the best hitters on planet earth we all remember i mean yankee fans do el duque with the with oh, the super high duque. leg lift yeah. the varying the varying arm motions i mean he he was that effective pitcher that yankee fans grew to love and nestor's becoming the same type of player yeah 100 um mcclanahan i am going to make the case for shane real quick because he's got a 233 era and 46 in the good. third innings um 65 punch outs and 46 in the third innings so good 65 punch outs <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's awesome. He's it's, so good. I, I mean, so if you put Shane McClanahan in this top three, are you taking out Verlander? Are you taking out Gosman? Are you taking out Nestor? Probably Nestor. Mm, I mean, Nestor do it. Look at Nestor's strikeout to walk ratio too. Well, I mean, look at his ERA. As many as ERA's better. ERA's better. He's pitching in like a way better hitter's park. And he has one of the best X ERAs in all of baseball. I think he's number one right now in expected ERA for those that qualify. And he's more endearing. Got to factor that in too, guys. And way more jolly. Way more jolly. And he's a friend of the Just Baseball show. And he's a friend of the Just Baseball show. Yeah, so we can't can't work against Nestor like that. Um, All right, do we put our NL brains on now? I think we put our animal brains on, but can we shout out Martin Perez for a second? Yeah, we can shout out Martin. Dude, Perez. he is—he came off a shutout against the Astros. He is dealing. 
He is absolutely dealing right out. It is so fun to watch. It's similar to Nestor, not in the varying leg lifts and all that kind of stuff, but just impeccable command from a shorter lefty who's not blowing anybody away, but he's missing barrels like crazy. Nobody can touch him. It's awesome. It's just great pitching art. It's Bro, fun to watch. I don't know how that shit works. I have no idea how Martin Perez works, but you know what? He, he does it. He works so well. Kind of looks like vintage Keuchel. Yeah, and I had no idea how that shit worked, and I'm watching Dallas Keuchel get blown up every fifth day with the White Sox. I mean, I feel like you of all people would know how it works with Mark Burley being your favorite player. I mean, he basically invented that. Yeah, Not but really. But Burley was <laughs> Burley was pinpoint command. Like I see Keuchel These guys miss have pinpoint command. I saw Keuchel miss down the dick with a cutter, like. Yeah, he sucks Fine. now, but not. Ducks I now. say vintage Keuchel, Astros Keuchel, Cy Young Keuchel, because it wasn't Cy even Young Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel was a one-year wonder. Can we chalk him up as a one-year wonder? You said it, not me. Okay, I'm. I'm going to pull up <laughs> Dallas Keuchel's baseball reference right now. Dallas Keuchel, okay. one-year wonder, one-time Cy Young Award winner, two-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove. Keuchel had a sub three ERA in 2017. Damn it. <laughs> he had a 2.48 ERA in 2015. Short prop. Oh, God. He had a 2.93 in 2014, too. Ah, shit. Yeah, I guess he's not a one-year wonder. He's not. Oh, what do you think Dallas Keuchel's whip is through seven starts? This year? Mm-hmm. 1.96. Two. <laughs> I texted you 1.96 before that start, and he got, it got worse. He's got a, he's got a whip of two. Dallas Keuchel in 30 innings, 42 hits against him in 30 innings, 16 strikeouts, 18 walks. So basically every inning he's walking a batter and giving up a hit. He's runners on first and second every inning. He's walking more guys than he struck out this. Do you know how hard that is to do as a major league baseball pitcher? 16 punch outs, 18 walks. With a contender, keep a job with a contender. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's gonna have a job for much longer. We'll, we'll check back with me in two weeks. Should back Davis to Martin is a better option. Um, Davis Martin, no way you think that. Oh yeah, I do, bro. Davis really? Martin shoves. Yes, I saw okay. him shove in Charlotte. He shoved in his major league debut. I think Davis okay. Martin is a better option right now than Dallas Keuchel. All right, we'll take that then. Yep. Let's put on our NL down. hats. Yeah, put on our NL hats. Uh, MVP, like it's Manny Machado. The National League MVP is Manny Machado. It's pack up and go home. I love yeah. watching this for Manny Machado. Uh, the the two other guys that I think we should mention here are Nolan Arenado um, and Paul Goldschmidt. To be totally honest, if I had to throw more names in there, it would be CJ Crone and uh, maybe Bryce Harper at the moment because Harper's heating up big time, big time. But I think Arenado and Goldschmidt are two of the top three in NL MVP voting right now. It's funny. Your opinion has slightly changed. I mean, I gave you Machado about a week ago, and you're like, Arenado has been better. But, but Machado, Machado, and then all of yeah. a sudden, Manny had like three hits in four straight games. I'm like, yeah. oh, God, okay. You know who's pretty damn good and maybe deserves some love in this conversation? Maybe not in the top three. I'd get it. But Mookie Betts is heating up. Yeah, he is. I don't know if you've been paying attention here, folks, but <laughs> Mookie Betts is so freaking back. He's walking almost as much as he struck it out for this season. He's got a 153 WRC plus, which is crazy. His May has probably been one of the best Mays in the entire sport. Mookie Betts is climbing up the charts. Now he's sixth in baseball in F4. Like he's ahead of guys like Nolan Arenado in F4. He's ahead of Paul Goldschmidt in F4. And he's not. 
like his full total of work this season isn't even the best it could be. Like Mookie Betts is doing Mookie Betts things again. It's just good to see him healthy and out there because he had a, a down year by his standards last year, but is just one of the best players in baseball. And people are hating on him. You shouldn't because it's Mookie yeah. freaking Betts. I, I think Mookie had the second best May, maybe third. I mean, Machado is having a kick-ass May again. But True. I, I think Bryce Harper is having a hell of a May right now, man. The only problem is Harper's not giving you any value on defense because of the elbow. So he's just just DHing. Yeah. So he's just DHing, but Bryce Harper, the DH, 14 games. He's hitting 357 in May with a 1200 OPS. That's going to play. That's going to play as a DH. I'm totally here for that. He won't win it as a DH. um, But I mean, let's take a moment to acknowledge what the hell Paul Goldschmidt is doing right now because Goldschmidt is ridiculous. 39 games hitting 342 with a 975 OPS. He's amazing Mm. right now, dude. How does this work? How does he do that? 34 years old. At 34 years old. The only question is, uh, do you think he's going to be a Hall of Famer? No. No. Hall of very good, most likely. Yeah. Hall of somewhere between great. Hall of somewhere between very good and great. How about another Cardinal, Tommy Edmond? Yeah, so Edmund, he provides value elsewhere, and then all of a sudden, like he's got an OPS north of 900. It's it kind he's of came the out, shit of out of the ball, too. Hitting the shit out of the ball, and one of the league leaders in stolen bases, and one of the best defenders. Kind of came out of nowhere. Kind of came out of nowhere. I just didn't think we expected, oh, 113 mile an hour exit velos on opening day from Tommy Edmund. That's just not what we thought was going to happen. We didn't assume that the he was going to hit the ball at, with, with such authority that he has already. No, and Edmund, what I love about him is like I was I was wholeheartedly expecting him to be a star on the Cardinals. I was expecting him to be an all-star. I, I was not expecting him to be like borderline top five in MVP voting um, because I didn't expect him to hit with any thump like you're talking about. I didn't expect him to impact the baseball like he is right now. But the beauty of Tommy Edmond, Harrison Bader's out, Dylan Carlson pulls a hammy, you slap Edmond in center, and you've got no qualms about it. It was like the second time that he played center in his major league career uh, on Saturday in Pittsburgh. And I mean, that was no problem for Tommy Edmond. He was like, yep, I'm good. I'm in center. He's kind of turning into the prime Whit Merrifield. Yeah, maybe better than Whit was. Maybe. Witt had some power, though. Edmund is an upgraded Chris Taylor. Is that fair? Upgraded Chris Taylor from right now because he's kind of like prime Chris Taylor. He's a better defender than either of them, though. Like, he is a gold glove caliber level defender. I think he's a better defender at second than Witt ever was. And we'll see how he fares in the outfield because Witt actually played a pretty decent outfield, too. We'll see how that continues. But to your point, no qualms. Still going to look great out there. Send the shit out of the ball. He's got the same speed that Witt does. Yeah. He's a good, he's just a great player. It's deep. A guy that I did really want to mention here that has just sucked this month is Matt Olson. I was so ready to chalk Matt Olson up as the guy and like the second coming um, at the end of April. And then here we are in May. I, I want to say he's hitting like a buck 50 in May. Like it's, it's just been bad. How about our first base rankings? We rank Freddie Freeman and the number one in the world lost their first freaking minds and now who's the best first baseman probably in baseball right now still being freddie freeman deserves mention for nl mvp voting conversation 
that's what I'm saying here. We knew that Freddie is going to deliver. <laughs> we, we, we thought that Matt Olson would deliver in Atlanta. We thought that Vladdy would have a great season again in his first season. And I'm not saying it's over. It's May. I'm not counting my chickens yet. But that's just what we're dealing with. I know that Freddie Freeman is going to deliver no matter what. Here's the thing. He like, what, what Vladdy can do is better than what Freeman can do. But we peaks. know Freeman. The first time Freeman got cold in his career was last year. Yeah. That was the first time we ever saw Freddie Freeman look like a human being. So we're making that not MVP. happening again. And then in that season, he won a title. Yes. And had an amazing second half. Yes. That's what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So we're, we're dealing with a guy that like, it's pretty much impossible for him to get cold for more than three games. So, and if, he's, if he's colder than three games, it's like, Oh, is Freddie Freeman hurt? Or is there a problem here? Cause he's one of the most <laughs> consistent players in the whole game. It's like, Oh God, he's one for his last 12 sound the alarms. <laughs> and then he goes through it for four and you're like, Oh, he's back. Yeah. And I'll say young. Yes. Or, and El Cy Young. So this is tough because do you care about production or do you care about peripherals? I'm going to stick with production right now. Good. I'm totally changing you on this right now, man. I love this. We're, we're, we're looking care at about innings, pitch and wins. Yes. Pitcher wins is the most important stat in the books. <clears throat> Excuse me. National League. I'm having Miles Michaelis finish third. I am. You could say, I don't know if he's going to land there at the end of the year. Might be able to say that as the peripherals say that we're pointing towards some regression. But still, he has been unequivocally one of the best pitchers in baseball in terms of ERA. One six eight ERA entering his start today. Or actually, we're recording on Monday to be released on Tuesday. He is starting today. We will see how he does. But going into that start, one six eight ERA. Can't, can't fight the production. Joe Musgrove at number two. Unreal unfreaking believable you should be singing the praise jack of how good joe musgrove has been because he doesn't lose and he's got an era below two but at number one i'm gonna give it to pablo lopez yeah. i'm gonna give it to pablo lopez he's got one of the best eras in baseball peripherals look great he's striking out a bunch of guys and he's not walking anybody one guy i had to leave out is carlos Rodon of the giants He's got a 3-4-3 ERA, but that's the worst thing about him. And a 3-4-3 ERA is still pretty solid. His peripherals look great. He's striking out near 13 guys in inning, not walking anybody really either. He's had a couple of blow-up starts, so that's where you see the ERA at. But I really want to put Carlos Rodon in this top three. But I, what am I supposed to do? Miles, all these guys have ERAs under two and have been dominant thus far. So I have to give it to them. Yeah. Uh, another guy that you are notably omitting is Corbin Burns again. Um, yes. Burns through eight starts has a two, two, six ERA. Um, he's got a 0.83 whip, which leads the national league. And he's got 62 punch outs and eight walks. Here we go with Corbin Burns all over again. Again, Rodon is subject to the bad start. Rodon is also subject to, you know, later in the year, he might taper off here. So I I'm with you on the Rodon thing. You know, he is, he's the most notable of all the notable emissions right now. There are also a lot of guys that have been underwhelming to start. Like Logan Webb has been really underwhelming to start, but he could rip off a heater. Walker Bueller had been somewhat underwhelming to start aside from that complete game shutout that he threw in Arizona. He could rip off a heater. Um, and, and you've got a lot more guys like that. Urias, same kind of deal. He could just rip off a banger of a five-star stretch. Um, but I'm with you. I think you got the three right. Um, Lopez is the guy right now. 
I say come back and talk to me in three weeks, and we might be flip-flopping Musgrove and Pablo Lopez. I think I, we'll see if Pablo Lopez remains on this because Pablo Lopez has also guys dealt with injuries his entire career and has never performed like this before. He's always been really good, always been above average, always been a great three, but he's never shown that he could be a one. Now he is. We'll see if it continues. I think it could because, you know, Arm was talking about it and he even showed a video on our Twitter at just BB Media kind of doing a side by side of the mechanics. The arm motion is different. The changeup is as best as I've ever seen it. And he's throwing harder than ever before. So maybe this is a sign that he won't regress. But prior history would point us towards, yeah, he's probably going to regress a little bit. Yeah. You also got to mention um, April 23 and a third, one earned run against him. That was a 0.39 ERA. In May, he's got a 2.8 ERA, 22 and two thirds, seven earned runs against him. So he's had harder outings, but that's still a sub three ERA uh, in the month of May. And you look at Musgrove as I pull up his monthly splits as we stand right now. Joe Musgrove in April had a 2.16 ERA. That's uh, six earned runs in 25 innings. In May, 27 innings, five earned runs. So he's got a 1.67 ERA in May. He's I allergic think he's going to keep on runs. getting better. Yeah. He's allergic to losing games. Yeah, he's allergic to it. He I doesn't lose games at all. He's 5-0 and right now yeah. in eight starts. Pitcher wins. We need him. Quality starts. I, I, <laughs> I think pitcher wins and quality starts go somewhat hand-in-hand. Hand. I think wins are stupid. I think wins are outdated. I think, I quality, think quality starts, starts are, are awesome. kind of fucking stupid. I mean, think about it. Six innings, three runs. That's a 4-5-0 ERA. See, so that- I, I think they should lower it to six and two runs. Agreed. If it was six and two, give me that. I'm a, that's a great stat. Six and three. I, I'd rather you go five and two. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing though. Um, like a lot of guys, if they're going to give up three earned runs, they're not going to stay in through six. No, that's Unless not how baseball up. works anymore. It, it seems like the guys who you'll get to the fifth inning or the sixth inning and they haven't a lot of run yet, then they'll have a little bit of a blow up inning and then they'll just get taken out immediately. Yeah, I like it because it shows A, pitch economy, and B, success. I think pitch economy is one of the most underrated things in baseball right now. Like to guys getting that. through with under 10 pitches in an inning, mm. that, that's the beauty of what's going on here. Like you see so many one, two, three innings that take 15 pitches. That's, I want a one, two, three inning that takes eight pitches. That's Dylan Cease's only problem. Pitch economy. He the throws way economy. too many pitches. But he's so good though. And yeah, we but he like him, walks a shit ton of off. guys. I mean, that's the thing. Like he struck out 11 in four innings, but he only lasted four innings. Last more than that. Last one. <laughs> I know. I mean, that's the thing with Dylan Cease. That's what's like, that's what's separating him from taking that jump to Cy Young award he's lasting winner. Longer. Is he's got to figure out how to last longer. longer. Yeah, and that's why gonna... I want to tell you about our friends at Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? God. Yeah, if we had a if we had an ad for a, a dick pill or something, that would have been a perfect transition. Perfect. Get Roman. <laughs> no, screw that. They haven't paid us yet. Yeah, true. Good point. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I think that's fair, man. Um, who else are we omitting from the National League right now? The National League in terms of pitchers. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of names. I mean, we could talk about Max Fried. He's got a three three one ERA, really low peripherals hit, and he's not striking out anybody, but. Yeah. 1.10 walks per nine innings. You know who's been great? Carlos Carrasco has been really great too. Okay. Merrill Kelly has been great, but he's been, he's been bad s- in May. He's been bad thing. in May, like a 6.5 ERA in May. 
And there's a guy here um, who's been pitching pretty well in the American League. And I just want to quickly mention him that Jamison Tyon has been excellent. Just saying. Just saying. 2.95 ERA, 3.21 FIP. One of the league leaders in F4. Just saying. Not, not trying to get too crazy. Just letting you guys know Jamison Tyon is dealing. Speaking of Jamison Tyon, Rowanzi Contreras recalled by Pittsburgh. That guy shoves. He's going to start shoving again for the Pirates. That's fun. Like you can watch the Pittsburgh Pirates now 40% of the time when Quintana's on the mound and when uh, when Rowanzi Contreras is on the mound. They also just selected Yeri De Los Santos, who I think is disgusting. I, I just talked about him on the pod yesterday. I think he's gross. And the reason you mentioned that is uh, Contreras is getting called up is because Contreras was traded for Jamison Tyon. Yes. Um, that's how the Yankees got him from the Pirates. And he's going to be a really good prospect. The Yankees might end up losing that deal if Contreras turns out to be what he's supposed to be. Also, Kanan Smith is, you know, he hasn't performed well, I guess, in the minors lately. But for every no, other man. year, is I'm he watching, turning it back up? I'm watching Kanan every day. The guy is riding a 20-game on base streak at the moment. Yeah, he's going to be good. He's also hilarious. He's a very nice guy, Kanan Smith and Jigba. So I always root for the good guys. Um, and and Rowanson Contreras, I've heard, is a good guy as well. And uh, there we go, man. I think it's going to be a very close deal. If Tyone continues to produce for you guys and, and the Yankees go deep, and if Contreras does some good stuff, and if Smith and Jigba does some good stuff for the Pirates, then you, know, you can pretty much call that mutually beneficial for what each team needed at each moment. This week... Um, I don't really know what I'm looking at at the moment. Philly and the Braves is interesting. That gets going. That got going last night. Toronto and St. Louis this week is probably the one that I have my eye on the closest, as well as Milwaukee and San Diego and the Mets and the Giants. So tonight, well, this is obviously being recorded on Monday to be released on Tuesday. So Monday night, we have Jose Barrios. Yeah. Miles Michaelis. Yeah. I'm on the Blue Jays money line. Backing Barrios against Michaelis. You're outthinking yourself a little bit. Am I? I don't know. Because I think I'm being sharp here. Because I think after an 18 to 4 win by the Cardinals, everybody's going to be on the Cardinals. But they're only minus 125. You'd think they'd be way more highly favored. Blue Jays have been struggling. Barrios has been struggling. Due for aggression, everybody's on the Cardinals. So either I'm spot on or going to be completely off. But either way, I'm excited. That's how that shit works, right? You're either spot on or off. You're... So here's how betting works that I figured out. You either win or you don't win. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> that's yeah. how it goes, right? And it's either like, oh, that bet sucked or like the worst beat ever if you lose. The worst beat ever. I'm still reeling from this Marlins Braves first five where the Marlins were winning with Sandy Alcantara on the mound the entire time. And in the top of the fifth, Ozzy Albies, Hits a fly ball to left center. Jesus Sanchez runs under it, drops it. God. Like you would in Little League, kicks it. Ozzy Albies gets the third. Dansby Swanson fists a single into right. One run scored, lose the bet. That sucks. Yeah. Sorry then, to hear it. We won on the Cubs bunny line because they were losing four to three, and Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel homered. So we ended up winning that one. So there's unlucky, there's lucky, there's it's just all a bunch of bullshit. It's hard. <laughs> Ethan Badowski um, used the nickname P Wiz, P E E W I Z for Patrick Wisdom. And I thought that was so funny. P Wiz, that's gross. Um, what else? Uh, last thing before we go, Loop, I've got 20 bucks. 
I'm going to look to deploy that on Bowman baseball 2022. You're wearing your loop shirt here. Um, I like, I got to figure out the right way to spend that money on the loop app. You get 20 free bucks. If you use the link in our episode description, I've got the 20 free because I kind of went galaxy brain here and downloaded it from that link. So I've got that 20 buck referral. Um, so I I'm trying to figure out like, what do I hunt? I think it's Bowman baseball 2022, right? Cause on just baseball.com or I'm just put out an article, um, about like the resale value on these guys. Like if you, if you hit the jackpot on some of these prospects, their cards are going for stupid amounts of money. That's what I was just about to say. Check out arm wrote a great article evaluating the Bowman baseball class and, and what cards to look out for, which prospects we also ranked the top 100 prospects on just baseball.com. So if you aren't able to check out the Bowman baseball, at least you could find out which prospects, that just baseball and are mostly is, is very high on. So that's all over just baseball.com. You can join our chalkboard baseball group chat. We're giving out picks talking baseball every single day. That's in the episode description as well. Um, and get your just baseball merch people. We're coming yeah. out with some, we're coming out with some long sleeves, some new hats. So make sure you check out the just baseball merch store. Anything else? Damn. Anything you going to mail me a long sleeve. Do I have to mail you a long sleeve? Yeah, you do. All right. With that. Thank you. everybody.